Welcome back to BetQL Daily. Aaron Hawksworth, Joe Ostrowski, and Joe Giglio. There he is, fashionably. I'm here. Our guy, that that little rascal. <laughs> Just fashionably late for, for our segment. Now I'm back. We're back. We got a lot to get into next uh, half of the show, including some SEC talk. Thank you, Aaron, for bringing us back and joining us right now to talk some football as, as uh, we got college coming up. Of course, the preseason night. Emery Hunt, football game plan, joining us here on the Roman Guest Line. Emery, welcome back to the show. Always enjoy uh, talking. Always enjoy uh, reading your tweets, seeing the videos out there. And Emery, let's start with the, um, the Giants because you were recently at Giants training camp. Tell us what you think about this team. Um, they've been so bad for so long. New coaching staff now. They, there's some renewed hope that they're going in the right direction. New GM, new coach. What were your takeaways from watching the Giants at training camp as we get ready for their preseason game tonight? You know, I could only be completely upfront and honest with you guys. Um, it, it, just watching the practice, it has become clear that Tyrod Taylor is the best quarterback on the roster. Um, wow. And he actually can help this team move forward and be productive on offense. And it's not saying that uh, Daniel Jones is in jeopardy of losing his job, but when you watch the practices consistently and you're seeing – um, you know the, the, the benefit of having a quarterback that can at least get the ball out on time, that can keep the offensive pace, kind of make things interesting for everyone else. But when you have a quarterback that's sort of limited like Daniel Jones, you know the blame will go to everybody else, as it has been throughout his career. Oh, the, it's the coach. It's the OC. It's the GM. It's the 10 offensive linemen. It's the 10 different receiving weapons. It's Saquon Barkley instead of the common denominator, which is Daniel Jones. So, Tyrod allows other guys to be better or to play up to their potential. And I don't think you'll see that with Daniel Jones. With all of that being said, I feel like seven wins is the max for this team um, because mm. I think their defense is going to be really good. Wake Martindale has significantly upgraded um, the level of confidence and level of aggressiveness that we're seeing from their defense, albeit training camp, but they, they look excellent. Uh, the offensive line has improved. The run game should be better, but the passing game will – We'll limit them unless, you know, we see some sort of movement uh, at that position. Brand new regime. They're not tied to Daniel Jones in any way. And uh, we've got Dayball saying healthy guys are going to play. It's important to play football. A lot of interesting storylines with the Giants. So so you say, you say, hey, Taylor's the best quarterback that they have on the roster. If they're truly trying to win a game, that they should go with, with uh, Tyrod can you see them making a switch where it is not due to injury like it typically is with Daniel Jones? You know what's funny? I said this back in May. I said, and this was after OTAs. I'm like, you know, if you, if you, you know, you look at how Daniel Jones is throwing the football, and you look at what Tyrod Taylor does throwing the football, and just from his sheer escapability standpoint, I give them four to six games, you know, before they make that move. And again, it's, it'll depend on how they are losing games. If they're losing games in, you know, a shootout fashion, then Daniel Jones will play the whole season. But if they're losing games 20-9, to 9, you know, 17-6 to where the defense is playing really well but the offense can't score, then you'll start to see, well, okay, we got to probably get some sort of, you know, burst off the, off the, you know, off the bench. And their bye week, I want to say, is like week eight or nine. And then after that, they play the Texans. So maybe at the bye week, you'll start to see a change if that offense is not averaging over 20 points a game, which you should do in today's era of the NFL, because I think the defense will keep them in it. The run game can win them a few games or two if teams are really struggling versus the run. 
but but that passing game really has to you know show itself to be competent in the early parts of the season, or you'll start to hear the 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 you know the talk of Tyrod getting in there. And it's, it's, I'm glad the fans have been at practice because when I said this back in May, they kind of you know shot me down as I, I'm just a Daniel Jones hater. But it's funny in a weird way to watch them out there watching the same things that we've watched for for years. And now it's quiet out there. The pack, despite it being packed with fans, <laughs> the, every pass they, they they have nothing to say. So it, it, I say four to six mm-hmm. games before you start to hear, you know, the the talk and the rumors, and maybe by the bye week you'll see the switch. Hmm. Interesting, Emery. We love your insight. Giants at Patriots tonight. The Giants are now um, minus two and a half favorites. How would you bet this game? The total is thirty four and a half. You know, I, I love preseason football because it's about the talent, pound for pound. So, and if you know the roster front to back, for for all teams in terms of the depth of talent, then you have to like your chance of of winning on these bets. One definitely take the under because these offenses will be disjointed for both teams. But when you look at the depth on the roster, the Giants to me have better depth. And this is going to be a situation where do you trust Tyrod Taylor over Brian Hoyer? Absolutely. And do you trust the the depth of defensive players that the Giants have more so than what you're seeing uh, from the Patriots. I feel like the Giants do have better defensive depth. Um, and the offensive line has been an issue for the Patriots all throughout training camp. So I feel like Tyrod gives that team a better chance to win. They probably won't score a bunch of points. So I'm definitely taking the under. So I will say lay those points with New York. We're talking to Emory Hunt here as we get ready for preseason night. And Emory, we got a lot of college football on the horizon soon, just a couple weeks away from this thing uh, really getting rolling. We're going to talk some SEC coming up here uh, on our show in about 20 minutes. But while you're with us, I, I need your thoughts on Anthony Richardson, quarterback of Florida. We're we, Fascinating player. Uh, uh, quarterback in Florida, athletic. I mean, really has some great tools to where you could see it if he gets refined he could become something um heard a clip of you um on a podcast talking about how much you like him tell us your thoughts on anthony richardson and and how good you think he could be uh kind of it feels like he's flying on the radar a little bit in the sec right now yeah it's it's you know it's fascinating to watch the sec talk coming out of sec media day uh first when people were asking was kentucky the third best team in the sec absolutely not um and then they say Will Levis may be the you know the second best quarterback in the SEC. I, I don't think so. I think it's Anthony Richardson. I think he's number one. You know, when you look at Billy Napier coming from you know the the best university in Louisiana, the University of Louisiana, Raging Cajuns, and going to Florida, he got himself a, a supercharged version of Levi Lewis, who he had uh, with the Raging Cajuns, and Anthony Richardson. It, it was funny. I was broadcasting the game last year in uh, Baltimore. And it, it, we played we, – our game was at, like, 3.30 or something like that. So we're watching the Florida – South Florida game, and I look up and I see a 75-yard touchdown run by Anthony Richardson. And then about, you know, 20 minutes later, I look up again. I was like, oh, he must be showing the replay of the 75-yard touchdown run. Like, no, that, that was the second 75-yard touchdown run of that game. And when you watch him just throw, he could touch every level of the field with accuracy, uh, placement, consistency. Um, and I love the pairing of him with – Billy Napier because I know he's going to maximize his skill set and that offense is going to be conducive to not only Richardson thriving but also the team thriving so I think Florida may be even a dark horse in the SEC East because of Richardson and what they're going to do with their run game and those RPOs uh, within that offense. 
Emery, assuming uh, you're like the odds makers and everybody else uh, covering college football, saying, okay, one, two, three in some order, Bama, Ohio State, Georgia, if if you're with that as your top three teams, that top tier, who's fourth for you? What's the fourth? Who's the fourth best team in the country? That's that's the beauty of college football, man. Because I feel like the fourth team this year can be a bunch of teams. You know, it can be USC, it can be LSU. And again, as a former Region Cajun, I would love nothing more than to see LSU fall flat on their face. But I have to be <laughs> honest and unbiased saying this is the dark horse here uh, in the SEC. Everyone talks about Brian Kelly. Think about what he did well at Notre Dame, recruit and develop offensive linemen. He was doing that within the Notre Dame national landscape. Now you give him access to better athletes uh, across the board, but also up front along the offensive line, and now he's going to get the best of the best. Their defense was decimated last year by uh, the NFL draft in the secondary, and all he did was about and raid Arkansas, their two best uh, defensive backs, Greg Brooks and Joe Fouché. They went ahead and took Makai Gardner, who was Louisiana Raging Cajun's best NFL prospect at corner. They get seven banks from Ohio State. They also bring in some great talent along the uh, the offensive line to, to help you know carry that over. And their defense was already good last year within the front seven with B.J. Ojolari, Ali Gay, and they got a really impactful freshman coming in at linebacker and Howell Perkins. This dude would be a star from day one. So LSU, to me, um, I love Jaden Daniels. I think he's one of those guys that's a gamer. You know, he's a clutch performer. We've seen that at times at Arizona State. You add Noah Kane in the backfield with John Emery, who's going to now be the full-time starter. The team no one's talking about is LSU, and I think they could be in play for their fourth playoff spot. We've got Emery Hunt on with us. You can follow him on Twitter at FBallGamePlan. He is the owner of Football Game Plan. I've got to circle back to another preseason game tonight because I just saw on your Twitter you did do a deep dive into this Titans at Ravens game. I used to work for the Ravens, and I know they take this seriously. We all know Harbaugh's record. He's won 20 straight, and until they start losing in the preseason, I'm going to be on the Ravens, but I'm curious your thoughts as the Titans play at the Ravens tonight in this first preseason game. No, I'm with you, Aaron. Listen, not only do the Ravens take preseason seriously, but their depth suggests that they are clearly the better team suited for preseason play. We've seen Tyler Huntley play before, so we know what he can do. Brett Huntley is a capable guy, has started some games in the NFL. And I'm excited to see Anthony Brown, the rookie out of Oregon, undrafted rookie free agent. But I like the depth on Baltimore's side, both sides of the ball. Now, we will get Malik Willis a lot in this game, and I'm excited to see him. But I worry about the depth of the Titans. You worry about the Titans' frontline starters, let alone the depth behind those guys, especially on offense. So that's where my main concern is. And I feel like with the Ravens and with the way they play defense, regardless if they're breaking in, a new defensive coordinator, the mindset is still the same. Their def- their reserve defense should be able to handle the reserve offense of Tennessee. So I would ride there, right there with you with Baltimore winning this game because of not only the quarterback play is more consistent from number one to number four, but the defense is deeper than Tennessee's offense um, from a continuity standpoint. And, and there's a lot of questions on that side of the ball regardless. Emery, um, you know, we always talk futures on this show, and especially, you know, long shots or, or mid-tier shots to win awards. We love doing that before seasons, even during seasons. And, and I saw the other day you were asked about the NFL MVP, if you think there's a, a quarterback out there or a player out there that offers some value. And I, I saw your answer. It piqued my interest as someone who is right outside of Philadelphia. 
Tell us why you're high on Jalen Hurts and what he could do this season for the Eagles. Uh, I'm going to lay it out like like facts. I'm going to stack these blocks like Milton Hershey, right? So when you look at Jalen Hurts, <laughs> number one, it's the second year consecutive he's had with an OC. He hadn't had that since high school. That's point number one. Point number two, you had a guy that got a team to the playoffs, 784 yards rushing, 10 rushing touchdowns, 16 touchdown passes, nine interceptions. People will look at that touchdown to interception ratio and say, oh, that's a low number. Well, Think back to how many dropped touchdown passes or touchdown passes that were called back from that Eagles offense, especially in the early parts of the season. You factor that in with the the, the fact that they're bringing in A.J. Brown, who he has great rapport with his best friend. He has another already I have rapport with receive, receiving option in Devonta Smith. So you got two number ones. You got an athletic tight end that can get down the seam in Dallas Goddard. That's going to open up the run game behind one of the better offensive lines in the NFC. There's a lot to like about his, uh, his you know, progress and his growth in year two in this system. And I brought this up on that, on that clip. It was like, listen, if Joe Burrow didn't go out of his mind that year he won the Heisman Trophy, Jalen Hurts finished second in the Heisman, and he had over 35 touchdowns, eight interceptions, 20 rushing touchdowns, and 1,200 yards rushing. So he's capable of putting together a Lamar Jackson-type MVP season where the numbers just doesn't make sense. So that's why if you can find value with you, you're going to find value. I think he's plus 3000 right now. Yeah. It's definitely a lot of value on a guy whose team uh, may either win the NFC East or finish number two, or even be in contention for a one, two, or maybe even three seed in the NFC playoffs. And if that happens, he's going to be in the MVP conversation. Emery earlier in the show, we were breaking down the NFC West and the outlook uh, for this season with all four of those teams. And it, it certainly feels like there's this divide between the top half and the bottom half. And you'll see that in a number of divisions. Uh, how, how do you think it's going to slot out one through four with uh, San Francisco, of course, the reigning Super Bowl champions out in L.A.? And then you, you've got Seattle without Russell Wilson. And then, of course, Arizona. A lot of varying opinions on what they're going to be this season. It, I, well, I would have to stack it with quarterbacks that I can trust. And so that's how I will slot these divisions. It'll go Rams, Cardinals, Seahawks, surprisingly, and then 40, the 49ers. Because we don't know much about wow. – um, and Lance is someone that really hadn't played a lot of football to begin with. And the one full season he played at North Dakota State, it's a primarily run-based offense. And he wasn't really even throwing the football a lot. So – it's just time on task that he doesn't happen to have to get up to speed in the NFL. It's very tough to do. So, so I would have to take a wait-and-see approach. The guys that tell you for Seattle, they, they really like Geno Smith. And I feel like when you have a guy that has played a lot of games, started some games, and Geno combined with an improved offensive line, the depth in the backfield that they have, the Kenneth Walker, Rashad Payton should be dynamic. And, oh, by the way, they still have D.K. Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. And in that Russell Wilson trade, they were able to get no offense, one of the top mm -hmm. tight ends in the game. In their defense, anytime you have a defense that's going to be coached by Pete Carroll. Great stuff from Emory Hunt there. Football game plan. Go follow him. He's great in all things football. On the other side, we talked some SEC there with Emory. We'll dive into the SEC, our plays, our favorite teams, and the quarterback at Florida that we're all interested in. That's coming up next on the Beck All Network.